Hello, and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda, and I'll be guiding you along this journey to explore non-denominational witchcraft for the modern practitioner every Tuesday. You can find us on your preferred podcast provider all over the place, or by following the links on Twitter at WayWitchCast, or on Facebook and Instagram at WayWitchPodcast. Feel free to reach out for questions, concerns, or even just a chit-chat, as I do love to hear from all of you. Let's walk this path together. I want to start this off by apologizing for making this so late. It would seem that I've completely messed up my sleeping schedule over the past week, seeing as I was without caffeine and reintroduced it into my life. Therefore, my bedtime has become like 4am rather than the previous 11 or midnight, so thank you for being patient with me today. Today we'll be discussing the different tools used in witchcraft. These tools are typically placed upon an altar, which is a sacred space used for working, reflections, rituals, and all-around worship. Some of us view our altars as a very personal sacred space that we keep away from others, while some of us tend to make it the centerpiece of our homes to be sort of centerpieces of our living spaces, much like our faith is the centerpiece of our lives. I understand that's really redundant, but centerpiece. Where you have your altar and how you use it is a personal choice, so don't worry about anyone telling you it has to be secret or it has to be in the open. The altar structure itself can be a plethora of things. I've seen travel altars made using mint tins filled with miniature tools like birthday candles and small bundles of herbs and elaborate altars that are an entire room decorated and filled with tools, sigils, and intense energies. My personal altars over the years have been on the tops of dressers, computer desks, an antique side table, and right now it's an old cabinet that I've turned into a bookcase. Any surface will do. I also want to add that it doesn't matter if it's inside or outside. You can use a tree stump, you can make an altar in your garden, it doesn't matter. Anywhere that you want to worship. But what goes on an altar traditionally? The most common items for an altar are your candles, incense, a burner for your incense, which is also known as a censer, a chalice, or a cup, a wand, and an athame. Other items included are a cloth that drapes over the bare working space, a besom, cauldron, bell, sword, staff, decorations that represent your god and goddess, bowls and plates for offerings, crystals, herbs, oil burners, as well as any of your other divination tools, prayer books, spell books, grimoires, so on and so forth. I understand that's a lot to take in. While some things you place upon your altar for the just because it feels witchy aspect, there are actually reasons why some of these items are used in crafting, and we're going to go over some of those. However, one thing I do want to go ahead and remind everyone listening in is that before setting up your altar and adding items, you want to cleanse the space and your tools. I know we went over cleansing practices a little bit in the last episode, but just in case you don't remember or you've skipped, you can cleanse your space by using smudging techniques with sage, cedar, juniper, rosemary, or whatever cleansing smudge resources available to you. You can also use moon water, salt, as long as it's not an outdoor altar, we discussed that the last time, with salt being really bad for the the earth around you and energy transfer via meditation and focus while holding each item in your hands. 
I've made the horrible decision in the past to not cleanse my tools and just throw things on my altar all willy-nilly, and from personal experience, I can say it's a pretty garbage experience. With all the energies being so foreign from your own and downright negative at times, your personal worshipping space can feel like it doesn't belong to you, and can even go as far as to prevent you from even using that space for what you wish. So be better than me, witchlings. Cleanse your space and your tools. Some pagan traditions have a set way that you set up your altar and where the tools go. For instance, the left side represents the Divine Feminine and her elements, which are earth and water. Therefore, all tools associated with earth and water would be placed on the left. The right side would represent the Divine Masculine and his elements, which are air and fire, so all tools related to those elements would be placed on the right. I know there are some pagans as well that will flat out pull out a compass and figure out which part of the altar is in what carnal direction and go about things that way to be a little more specific with where they place things according to their elemental association. Um, but most people just go with the left or right or technique. You can do it any way you really want to though. The athame is a double-edged knife that usually no, that's usually no longer than the length of one's hand. As for elemental associations, it's debated as to whether fire or air is associated with the athame. Regardless, if you're creating your altar in orthodox fashion, it would be placed on the right side. As air, it's used to draw the circle, which is why traditionally the athame is a dull blade. However, some may choose to keep it sharp. Whether to use the athame for cutting or not is dependent on the orthodoxy of your personal religion, though some people nowadays will use their athame to cut herbs, shaping a wand, or carving designs into candles. It can be seen as fire for the forging process that goes into making it, which makes it an agent of transformation. An athame can be incredibly ornate with a bit of a hefty price tag, with carved handles and even crystal blades, or it can be very inexpensive and simple. I've known people who will use kitchen or pocket knives as their blade of choice, even. As with everything, though, the choice is yours. Next, we have the besom, or broom. The besom is used as an energy-based cleansing tool for ritual spaces, though the bristles typically never even touch the ground. This cleansing typically happens after a good sweeping and mopping or vacuuming of the space where you'll be doing your work. It can also be used to help the circle help close the circle at the end of the ritual by hypothetically sweeping away residual energies. It's associated with the element of water and therefore is associated with the divine feminine. This means for you orthodox folks, it would be placed on the left side of your altar. You can use miniature besoms to be placed atop your altar or full-sized handmade brooms to place beside it. You can also use a household broom dedicated to magical workings in a pinch. The cauldron, for me, is a bit of a tricky one as far as elemental associations go. On one hand, its intended use, originally, is to place it over a fire and would therefore be associated with such. However, you can also fill it with water or other fluids as a stand-in for a chalice or to create tinctures and potions, therefore associating it with water. I would place it on either side of your altar according to usage. Um, cauldrons can be a bit expensive as well when searching for one, so if you can't afford one locally or find one, you can use one. You can use a bowl or feel free to shop online. 
I personally prefer to use cast iron cauldrons and found mine for $5 at a local antique store. So keep your eyes open whenever you're out and about. I also want to add to this that there is a lot of care that goes into tools as it's, they're being used over time and cast iron is one of the tricky things to take care of. I recently made a post on my personal Facebook about the care of cauldrons and I'll also post that to the Wayward Witch uh, Facebook page so you all can understand how to treat your cast iron cauldrons. If you're more of a video learner, I would really suggest checking out Binging with Babish on YouTube. He's absolutely amazing for me because I'm a foodie. Um, and he does a tutorial on how to care for your cast iron. And it's incredible. But take care of your cast iron or your grandmas will slap you, I'm sure. <laughs> like the Athame, the wand is used to direct energy, but in a somewhat more subtle, gentle manner than the swiftly decisive knife. Because of its phallic shape and in association with the element of air, the wand is sacred to the divine masculine and would therefore be placed on the right-hand side of the altar. Wands can be crafted yourself using branches of trees, wooden dowels, and I've even seen people make them out of bamboo chopsticks. They can be simple, with little to no markings on the shaft and even without being made into a point. Or they can be incredibly ornate with encrusted crystals and precious metals. See the recurring theme here? There also seems to be some traditions that may attribute the wand to the element of fire. But at the end of the day, whatever feeling you get from it is how it should be used, whether it's divine, divine feminine or divine masculine. After all, the magic comes from you and not the material used. I feel as if the chalice, or cup in common terms, is a bit self-explanatory. It's used to give liquid offerings to the divine as well as to drink from during a cakes and ale ceremony and represents the divine feminine. I'm going to be honest here, guys and gals and NBs, I have never ever in my life bought a chalice that was more than a dollar. Ever. There's no need to in my book. If you would prefer to have a decorative chalice, however, there are many options out there. They could be encrusted with steel and gems and painted and glittered and all sorts of things. I've seen wooden ones, metal ones, glass ones, some carved out of, you know, really ornate crystals. It doesn't matter. Just, I, I use a dollar wine glass that I got at Dollar Tree. That's, that's how I do it. But now for the bits and baubles. I think the most important tool, other than your actual being, is the grimoire, or Book of Shadows as some people know it as. It's basically a journal of all things witchy that you would personally use. Mine is filled with correspondence tables, artwork, ingredient lists, and information on my Pantheon's deities. Any notebook will do, whether just a spiral notebook or even a handmade leather book with aged paper, if you want to go that fancy. It doesn't really matter. If I can recommend anything, though, it would be to use dot grid paper. I'm obsessed. I have about five journals at this point that are dot grid, and I can't imagine going back to lined paper, especially for my grimoire. There are often times whenever I go into a store and I beeline to the stationery section because I want to see all the doctorate grimoires and notebooks and stuff. It's, it's an addiction. <laughs> For candles, I would highly suggest buying in bulk. 
it's just cheaper that way and you get the whole bunch at one time and if there's anything that we do as pagans and witches it's use a lot of candles if you have kids or animals however however that tend to jump onto your altar a lot or bump into it or you just want to be kinder to your lungs and the world around you I would also suggest soy over paraffin wax although it does bump the price up a decent bit for soy I'm going to segue here for a minute. The The reason why so many people like soy candles is that it doesn't have the, the toxicity that paraffin wax does whenever it burns because paraffin wax really isn't good for you. Um, but another really great thing about soy wax versus paraffin is that if it spills onto your carpet or it spills onto your hardwood or it gets onto your skin, it doesn't matter, especially whenever you have kids, the skin thing really matters. Um, but no matter where it goes, it's really, really easy to clean up. It never gets too super hard. It's it's pretty soft. Um, and it, it doesn't get as hot as paraffin wax does. So if it spills on a kid, it, it's going to be a little bit of an ouch moment, but it's not going to be as bad. So soy is your way to go if you're going to want to do it on the pricey end. For spells that require a candle burn all the way down, though, I cheat, y'all. I use birthday candles, which are great because they come in a whole variety of colors. For those of us that don't live near an occult shop, birthday candles are a godsend. As for artwork and statues, check out your independent artists. Support your local artists when decking out your altar. Sometimes you can even get it customized or ask for commissions. Thrift stores are also a great source for decor here. My best friend is constantly scoring amazing statues for her deities at Goodwill, so don't discount the secondhand stores. Like I said previously, I found my cauldron at a non-pagan establishment. Be crafty with your crafting. I also want to add here that a really great resource is Etsy. I know a lot of people are obsessed with Amazon right now. I personally don't get it. It's the internet Walmart. Uh, with a lot of people that are very anti-Walmart and everything that they, that they represent, and I know that gets a little political into things, um, but Amazon's just as bad, you guys, and it's not like you get better quality stuff anyway. If, if you want handcrafted things or you want to shop online, support small business, support independent people that are trying to, you know, sustain themselves financially, check out, check out Etsy, honestly. Check out your Facebook groups, your your Instagram. Check out you know your individual people that aren't working with a larger corporation. Uh, you'll you'll be thankful for it. You get better stuff anyway. I also really want to touch up on crystals here. Crystals are an incredible tool to use for holding energies and adding your spells and rituals. Sometimes I've been noticed. Something I've been noticing though is that there's been a huge influx of fake crystals and stones out there. There's, they're typically made of glass or are simply standard quartz dyed to look like other stones, like fluorite or amethyst. Be mindful when you're shopping that the large stone you're about to get for a steal may be, in fact, fraudulent. I source a lot of my, my stones personally from rivers and lakes whenever I go swimming because my state is rich in things like quartz, granite, and sandstone. I highly suggest going out into the wilderness to see what your area has to offer. I also want to let you guys know about something in case you're not aware of it. It's something that's pretty big in my little family here, apparently, uh, are rock swaps. They're huge here where I live. 
and you can go there. There's a whole bunch of people setting up tents outside with all the rocks that they found all over the place. You can find just about anything and they're absolutely gorgeous and they're pretty inexpensive. So definitely check out rock swaps if you have them available to you. In other mindful workings, we... I'm going to get so much hate for this. <laughs> we need to stop using Palo Santo. Seriously, I, I understand that might generate some hate, but according to the United Plant Savers Medicinal Plant Conservation, there are less than 250 mature adult trees in the wild, and the numbers are rapidly declining. Palo Santo trees are currently considered endangered and are on the watch list. There are so many other smudging options out there, so there's no need to take something from the earth when it's struggling to sustain our greed. So before using herbs, resins, bark, and the like, please be sure to research whether they're at risk or not. The planet will thank you. At the end of it all, witchlings, you don't need to spend a fortune to have a beautiful sacred space. The divine really don't care about how much something costs. In fact, I imagine your deities or ancestors would be significantly more proud of you if you made sure your other needs were met and you didn't struggle financially simply because you want an expensive tool for your altar. The most important tools you can have are your body and your intention. And if I'm being quite honest, you don't need anything else to do what you need to. Our forefathers and mothers before us that practiced the occult didn't spend a lot, if anything, on worshipping to their fullest ability, and neither should we simply because our faith is being made into a novelty. Don't fall for the trap. That's not to say that some handcrafted tools made of expensive items aren't worth it, but if someone wants to sell you a $5 item for a steep price simply because they claim priesthood or for a better or claim a better connection with the divine, then bypass that altogether. You can bless your own items because none of us are closer or more favored than the other in the eyes of our creators. Remember that. I also want to add here that tomorrow, Wednesday, I will be doing a Facebook Live video as per request of an altar tour, especially since we're going on about tools today, to show you what I do and how I have everything. Um, yeah, so if you want to join in, feel free. If you don't, okay, I understand. You know, some of us have lives. I will definitely give a couple hours heads up on that. I'm not just going to spring it on you and be like, surprise, and have somebody miss out on anything like that. So if you want to join, you're more than welcome. Just hop on over to Facebook and like Wayward Witch. Be more than happy to interact with you and chit-chat and all that fun stuff. But as always, Witchlings, be kind, be brave, be unstoppable. See you next time.